Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Stage Coaching Podcast, where I help artists successfully navigate the pressures of their entrepreneurial careers. This is professional certified mindfulness coach Evan Dunn Baritone, and you are listening to episode 88. Is everyone saying no to your singing career? Well, we here at Take the Stage Opera Podcast say toy, toy, toy. Find out what is holding you back so you can stop waiting in the wings and go out and get your standing ovation. There are no forbidden topics here, so get your ticket and find your seat. In Boca Lupo. Hello all, thanks for being here with me today. I'm wondering, have you had a moment today to just appreciate yourself? Like what things can you love about yourself right now? Maybe the fact that you got up and drank some water this morning. Maybe the fact that you got to work today or that you took a walk or maybe you meditated for a moment. And maybe you haven't done any of those things that I just said, but I bet that you have done something today that is worth celebrating for yourself. And what is that thing for you? I hope you can take a moment, figure it out, then take a deep breath and just feel grateful to yourself for even a moment. I'm telling you, it really doesn't need to be a big thing this morning. I thanked myself for starting the dishwasher last night. (laughs) I didn't even load the dishwasher. Like I literally put the soap in and closed it and pushed start. (laughs) And it's basically something that I do every day or Hannah does it, you know, but we do it every day. But when I do it the next morning, oh man, I just can really appreciate that the dishes are clean. So today I'm also working on appreciating my efforts with my singing. Um, I did practice this morning and I kept noticing that muscles in my whole body were kind of tightening and constricting as I was singing and it was kind of fighting against my voice. And this tightening came from thoughts of needing to get it right. Like I needed the note to sound and feel correct in that exact moment. And then in all of this effort to do it correctly, I would tighten up my body in a way that made it harder for me to release my air and to release my sound. And so once I thought about that, I realized that my effort to control everything gave me less control or that my need to excel made me struggle more than was necessary. It's like in that moment, I felt like I just have to sing this note right, and it made me struggle. And yet, if I'm going to, you know, continue growing as a singer, I have to try to do it the best that I can, right? We all know that it's a competitive field and blah, blah, blah. But we we have to try to you know, develop and grow, don't we? And that's not just as a singer. It could be anything that you do. Um, And also for me, I really want to be an excellent teacher. You know, I don't want to just settle for being okay. I really want to be able to help my students to achieve their goals. I want to know how to help, help them technically, musically, artistically, and professionally 
as they move forward into their careers? And how can I possibly do those things if I haven't developed my own skills to a high level? But if I, in any given moment, put that pressure on myself, the pressure of where I think I will need to be one day, I tend to tense up and become my own worst enemy. Okay, so let's kind of flesh this thought out a little bit more. You see, I have some warring values in my life. I'm wondering if any of you have similar warring values. So I do, I want to be mindful and love myself. I want to find joy in my in my life right now. I don't want to unnecessarily elevate my stress levels. You know, I have this value of wanting to be mindful and take care of myself in this moment and accept what is, right? I talk about it all the time. But I also have this value that I've had since I was a child, and it's a value of wanting to be excellent at what I do. And we're going to talk about these two values, how they seem contradictory, but how they actually can work together so well. And by the end of this episode, you will be just raring to go. You'll be ready to embrace some excellent goals for yourself and still be able to mindfully embrace yourself and enjoy the journey. Okay. So I I mentioned that I've always had this value of excellence and my wife teases me because um, one time a few years ago, we found a journal of mine from when I was a kid. And there was an entry from when I was in second grade or something like that. And it said something to the effect of, today I was the fastest runner in my class. And today I was the first person done with my math homework and something like that. And the way I measured my excellence as a child was through competition. If I was faster than someone else, then that meant I was fast. And therefore I had value. (laughs) Or I needed to feel like I was smarter than my other classmates in order to feel good about myself. And you know what? I still do value excellence, even as an adult. But I'd like to think that I have a little healthier relationship with this desire in my life. And that's kind of what we'll talk about today. So for example, I've become much more comfortable with the idea that my excellence isn't really comparable to someone else's excellence. Um, But I still feel very strongly about doing my job well and not just reasonably well. Honestly, I like to try to put every effort I can into learning to sing or teach singing to my utmost potential. So is this healthy? (laughs) Uh, Am I causing myself, you know, to have perfectionistic thoughts and causing myself extra tension and stress? Well, I will assert to you today That not only can it be healthy, as I mentioned earlier, but I'd like to make a case that it might be something that you can incorporate for yourself. And with the the practice of mindfulness that we those principles that we work on, that it becomes like a super healthy, powerful choice for you in your life. Okay, so I'm going to use an example of um, a potential voice teacher, maybe a voice teacher that you've seen working. I'm, and I'm just using this as an example because I know that you have most likely worked with a voice teacher or you are a voice teacher or you at least know a voice teacher. <laughs> 
And so you probably all, all, all seen a teacher who maybe they became a teacher just because they didn't feel like they could make it. Um, in the case of singing, they couldn't make it as a singer and they became a teacher. And yeah, maybe they got a degree or two, maybe even three degrees, but they were just kind of struggling with technical issues and um, didn't feel like they could make it as a singer. And unfortunately, some of these people feel like, well, my only option is to teach and they kind of feel stuck doing that. It's not something that pushes them or that they feel excited about doing. And so maybe they they stop their own training and just kind of feel whatever about it. And now I definitely don't have any problem with anyone teaching who wants to teach. There is no such thing as a perfect singer. Nobody knows everything, certainly not before they start teaching. You do have to start somewhere, even if you're just still learning yourself. So if you feel like you're not a perfect teacher or that maybe you feel a little stuck in it, you know, I'm not saying this as a judgment to you. What I really would like to say is that I feel sad when I see a teacher, for example, who just isn't passionate about what they do and they teach. Maybe it's because they are afraid of what they could possibly be doing instead. Okay, And it's hard for them to take their job seriously. It's hard for them to really take their own potential seriously. And then as a result, unfortunately, it makes it hard for them to take their students seriously. So when I teach, I want to approach my teaching from a place of pushing myself rather than just a place of settling. And this applies to any endeavor that I have in my career. I'm just using teaching Um you know, as an example, but I, I, I don't see myself definitely as a perfect teacher right now. I know I will never know everything. And yet here I am teaching. Um, but what I value for myself is being a teacher who, what, you know, what I really want for myself is someone who's like, I'm just still studying. I'm trying to iron out my own technical difficulties. I'm meeting new teachers. Maybe I'm meeting other singers. Certainly I'm trying to learn new roles, be involved in the communities so I can help my students with networking. Just some of some of those things, pushing myself to be as excellent for myself, but also that I can extend that to my students. And yes, not everyone is passionate about pushing themselves. Um, maybe people get older and, and want to retire or their values change as their life progresses. And I totally understand that. But there is this level of achievement that I do hope to be able to attain so I can help my students. And I really hope that you want that for yourself as well, no matter what your career like looks like. Like you're not just settling into this path of least resistance. Like, well, I guess I've got this job and I can just kind of show up and teach. I definitely would not hope that for you. And if you feel like you're currently in that situation, let's, you know, let's talk about that because we definitely can find some options to spice up your life. And let me also be clear about um, the fact that I'm not really thinking when I talk about excellence, I don't mean just excellent for excellence sakes or um, excellence for the sake of making money, or for the sake of being better than others. 
The type of excellence that I want for myself as a singer and a teacher is the type where I'm pushing myself to find my own type of excellence. What does that look like for me? And like I said, this is a value I have for myself. It's something I strive for every single day. It's why I practice every day. It's why I take lessons. It's why when I was experiencing technical issues with my voice, I searched endlessly until I found a teacher who could help me. And it's why I studied the most developed singers, listening to them, studying these developed singers on a daily basis. Okay, so this might seem like a little bit of a tangent, but I promise it relates. I find it funny on YouTube comments. Do any of you read YouTube comments? Again, Hannah's always like, Evan, don't read those. <laughs> but just like the human psychology of what's going on with people debating on YouTube is so fascinating to me. So there are always some people who are commenting on singers and they make these nasty comments Um about, oh, this one singer isn't that good. This singer is better. Um, How did this singer ever get a career? Blah, 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 you know. And they just sometimes make super nasty comments. And and some of them actually I shouldn't say are nasty. Some of them are could be educational as well. But someone jumps in and says, there's no need to compare. All singers are different. We just should appreciate all of these singers for who they are. And I have to say, I empathize with both of these people in a way, but I also disagree with both of them. And here's why. I believe that every singer should be able to sing. Every person who wants to sing should be able to sing in the way that brings them joy, you know, and there's more to singing than just technique. Definitely understand that. There's so many different aspects of what makes a singing artist an artist, okay? And we all know that there are singers who are more proficient technically than others, but I try to never use a label of good or bad when talking about other singers and even myself, you know, I try not to say, oh, that was good or that was bad when I'm singing. I try to never say anything rude about another singer, especially because I, I realize that they, if I'm watching another singer, they are the one who is out in that arena fighting their battle. And I'm just observing safely from the sidelines. So I definitely never want to make rude or condescending or salty remarks. So I try to always, when I'm talking about singers, I always describe it as being more or less developed when I'm talking about their technique. So I agree that I can learn to appreciate every singer for their grit, for their perseverance, and for their artistic achievements. However, as a student of singing, a lifelong student of singing, When I'm studying technique, which I said I do every day, I listen to the most developed singers as kind of a goal. And I actively compare them and every aspect of their technique to less developed singers. And yes, a lot of these less developed singers are way more famous, way better singers than me, make tons more money, um, on and on and on. And I'm not comparing them because I hate them or I'm jealous of them or because I'm trying to be rude. I am trying to learn. And I do it purposefully, intentionally, without any spite, judgment for them as artists, but simply so that I can continue to develop myself. And I really believe that any singer who isn't actively studying in this way 
is limiting their potential. It's like kind of my three columns for my study. One would be taking lessons, of course. One is my personal practice. And one is listening to um, understand what other singers are doing. And combining those three is really powerful for me. But I, as I mentioned in the start of the episode, it can be challenging to work in such a detailed manner trying to quote unquote, perfect my technique? How can I have that value of excellence that I've always had and still love and care for myself right now and hopefully not make it toxic? (laughs) How can I find joy in my singing even when it isn't always really excellent? How can I accept and even embrace my current reality as a singer even when I'm not achieving the goals that I have set for myself? It's a paradox. But you know what, people? We can deal with paradoxes, can't we? We deal with them all the time. We hate them. (laughs) I know. But if we step back and take a look at the paradoxes, we realize that, you know, we can deal with this. And maybe it's not quite as paradoxical as we might think in the first place. So we've talked about, for example, Chiaro and Scudo. When I teach my students, they get frustrated because dark vowels don't seem possible to, to create, to embody when you're also trying to sing clear vowels. At first, it feels like they're opposite forces. And I just encourage them to not think of it as chiaro, 50%, scuro, 50%, like this tug of war between two things. I like to try to imagine that the voice is 100% chiaro and 100% scuro. <laughs> really developing both of those to the full extent. And, and when I look at it like that, I realize, oh, my gosh, they're not mutually exclusive forces. It's not actually a paradox like I originally thought. It's just hard to achieve at first. Like they, they seem like they're opposites when you're learning. And this is that principle of abhyasa and viragya that I talked about in episode 74 um, with the lessons from the Bhagavad Gita. How can I be focused have this focused attention to my goals and then let go of the need to achieve results in this moment? How can I be focused on singing this high note and when it gets all tight, just let it go and be okay with that and move on and begin again? How can I embrace this present moment Mm, embrace exactly what's happening and still have this goal that I'm working for, this future 1% daily improvement, like we talked about from Atomic Habits in episode two. And I think too many singers shy away from finding both of these things. It's kind of uncomfortable. So we just kind of back away from the whole conundrum to begin with. I think that if you really want to be a successful singer and teacher, then you need to have some sort of value of excellence. And again, I don't mean perfectionism. I don't mean wealth. I don't mean fame necessarily. What I mean is shooting for a lofty goal that pushes you, makes you feel alive in the excitement and even the terror that the goal brings into your life. A goal that makes you feel like you have to stretch and push yourself every day. People are afraid of having these types of goals. It feels scary when you try to um, take on a new goal like this. And so then people might decide, oh, I'm going to be safe or I'm going to hide from these amazing things that I could accomplish if I just tried. 
you know. But then, on the other hand, what if, you know, I really take the principles of mindfulness, let go of my need to achieve right now in this moment? What if I'm not worried about doing it right or doing it perfectly? What if I'm just striving towards excellence, even if it's future excellence, to allow myself space to fail and fail and fail and fail and fail a gazillion times and still, no matter how many times I fail, to have my own back, to love myself, to support myself no matter what. And people don't always allow themselves this space, you know? It's uncomfortable. It doesn't make sense. We might think of it as like 50% abhyasa, 50% viragya. But what if it's 100% commitment to your goals, to your effort, to your focus, and it's 100% embracing who you are, loving yourself, and enjoying the journey? Ooh, what a mind shift is that? And so what I'm suggesting for you today is I hope that you can balance both of these on a daily basis for yourself. I hope that you pause every once in a while and just feel so terrified by your goals. <laughs> and then you can work on the terrifying feeling so that you can move forward. <laughs> but I, I do hope occasionally that you it seems impossible, your goal, and that you have to work on that feeling of impossible. Like you dream of a far-fetched idea and then once you have this clear idea in your mind of a far-fetched idea, multiply it by 10 or multiply it by 100 and then shoot for that. You know, it can feel horrifying and it gives you opportunities to look inside and understand your horrifying feelings. If you do this, guess what, friends? You're going to have to face some demons. <laughs> you will have to face some limiting beliefs that you have about yourself and your world. You'll have to face fear fear, and so many other uncomfortable feelings. But that's manageable. You can learn to deal with those things. We talk about that all the time on this podcast and with clients. And that is what mindfulness is for me. It's a way for me to give myself space to push and grow but not do it in a way that demands that I'm better than someone or I'm competing or that I have to get it all right or that I have to yada, yada, yada. I'm simply seeing how far I can grow with whatever time I have in my life here. You know, I want to I get to the end of my life and say, wow, I really pushed myself. <laughs> I want to be able to say I tried some things and some didn't really work and others did, but I never just settled. I always tried to see what I could achieve. Hopefully for you, I see exciting and vibrant singing careers and they'll look so different for everybody. They'll be in different venues. There'll be different roles, different amounts that you're getting paid or maybe not getting paid. Who cares? And I hope for you, passionate teaching careers where you feel like you're pushing your students, you're still pushing yourself, and where you love your students in the same way that you're learning to love and appreciate your own self. That is just the most joyful and exciting life that I can envision for myself. And that's what I hope for you too. So, Stop waiting in the wings. 
friends. <laughs> the world really does need your voice, and it takes some time to to get there. But go out and take the stage. It's your it's your time, my friends. In Boca Lupo. Thank you for listening to another episode of Take the Stage Opera Podcast. We love hearing from you, so please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and give us a review. It helps us to continue delivering quality material. 